We all want to be happier, but how do we get there? First, we start by realizing happiness is not a destination. Being happy consists of micro action steps every single day. I'm your host, Brittany King, and I'm here to guide you along the way. Welcome back to the Positively Real podcast. I'm your host and coach, Brittany King, and I got a very, very special guest in the house with me today. You know, I was trying to think about like how I can tie in that we are like kind of related in a <laughs> like you know a lot we of degrees of separation but We're when sisters. I we are sisters <laughs> so when I was planning for this podcast and I've been doing um quite a few mom episodes because obviously that's the season of life that I'm in I couldn't think of a better person to talk about this topic with than you Jenny so I'm so glad that we finally made this happen um you know as to mom life getting schedules aligned and figure out is a whole thing but that's what's so great is like we understand so there's no like crazy you know expectation or whatever because like we're both in that place so it's just really special so welcome to the show jenny tucker what's up sister how are you hello yes we are sisters in many ways um thank you for having me and yeah so glad to be here even after back and forth of discussion between like nap time and childcare and just like you said, moms get it. So really yeah. happy to be here to talk about all things mom life. All things mom life. So I want you to give an introduction of like who you are and like how that ties into what we're talking about today. But the reason why I reached out to you to have this conversation is when I was planning for um, having baby, um, I had great advice from one of my girlfriends. She was like, don't just focus on the birth, like focus on what happens after birth. You know, we spend so much time planning for our birth and we never think about like what, what happens when baby comes home. And that was the best advice that I could have ever received. And so I started to study, which is what I do. And it's just a part of who I am and learning. And I came across this term matrescence when I was planning for postpartum. And I had never heard the term before. And every single person that I've talked to also had never heard the term. And I'm like, how, how is this not a conversation that we're having with our doctor and we're not having with our friends? Like this is a very important word because it explains so much about what mothers go through when they transition into motherhood without feeling like they're like totally lost their marbles. So I really wanted to chat with you about this because I know that you specialize in like helping mothers with the transition with Centerline community and beyond. And you're a mama and you also have a baby on the way. So you're like, kind of get to see this cool, like, okay, well, this is what I didn't know with my first baby. And this is what I know with second baby and how, you know, that um, transition into motherhood, knowing what you know now, how it's going to help you prep for um, round two. So let's start with the beginning. Like, what are you up to in the world? And then let's talk a little bit about matrescence. Yes. So there's so much. I'm so excited to talk. Um, Yes. Okay. So I'm Jenny. Thank you. Hi. Um, And yeah, I am pregnant and due in November. I have an almost two-year-old. And I'm so happy to hear you mention that you found the word matrescence in pregnancy because I did not hear that until like six months postpartum. Um, when I had already founded the Centerline community, which I'll share about. And, you know, I was already in 
and really passed a lot of the thick of that early postpartum phase. And then this term was introduced to me. And I'm sure that you all have talked about this on your podcast before, but for anyone who doesn't know, matrescence refers to the transition to motherhood, similar to adolescence. It's a long time period where a lot of stuff happens in a really big way, in a lot of really big ways. Mm -hmm. And like you said, Brittany, it's not discussed. We're not educated on it. Um, and so much of our experience when we start to get pregnant is focused on the prenatal visits and the health of the baby, which is really important. But this whole big chunk isn't shared with us. And then we we feel disconnected in postpartum about like this whole identity shift, this whole I explain it to some moms that I um, like in the groups that I run, I explain it like I felt like my life and identity were blown to smithereens. Mm-hmm. And it was like this blank canvas, which is both a really unique opportunity in like becoming a mom and going through this transition to like revisit all these things and stories and feelings in my life. But also it's a really like scary and traumatic and a time that you can kind of feel lost and nobody tells you that that's going to happen. So I'm so glad to be talking about it with you because yes, right now my work and passion is supporting new moms because when I got pregnant, Um, It was February, 2020. So I had like three weeks of like, woo, like planning this beautiful Santa Barbara pregnancy. That's where I'm at. And then beautiful Santa Barbara in California. And then of course, after those first few weeks, it was like, oh no, the world's a scary place. And you don't know what, what's going to, what it's going to be like when this baby arrives. Um, That experience in itself was really extra isolating and traumatic Mm -hmm. to to bring a baby home and not let my husband and I talked about this last night. We didn't let anyone besides a pediatrician and my parents hold him for six months. I like might just start crying saying that out loud that like there was so much fear and unknown that, you know, our instinct as parents was to protect this baby. And we brought him home and we didn't, you know, allow ourselves the support that kind of you were describing preparing for when, um, when pregnant with Ellie and like preparing for this postpartum time and knowing that word matrescence, like the world was so lacking in areas of support, especially during that COVID time. And then what I've come to realize and why I'm so passionate about working with new moms is that the world is, is just inherently lacking in support and value and acknowledgement for mothers. Mm-hmm. So yes, the centerline community was born out of my need for mom friends in pregnancy and my need for like connection, support, validation. Um, I have a school counseling and mental health and crisis work background and um, been working in nonprofit and schools for five or six years and um, was doing that still while I started centerline, just like as a project on the side to teach yoga and lead meditations with other prenatal people to make friends and just like mm-hmm. help us all survive during those o- early COVID months. And then it really just kept the community kept growing because people get cutting pregnant and that need, that raw need for connection to other women who are going through what you're going through, growing a baby, birthing a baby, caring for yourself after and during and all of it. Um, that need has only grown in my eyes and just my awareness um, for that lack of support for moms continues to grow because it's, it's mind boggling every day as we've Mm -hmm. seen in the world recently with Mm -hmm. formula (laughs) shortage, Roe versus Wade, Mm -hmm. every, there's so many crises and they're on the shoulders of mothers. Mm -hmm. Oh, so there's so much work (laughs) to be done. And yeah, so Centerline is just a support community for new moms. Um, I basically have taken my skills and experience as a school counselor and crisis worker and 
apply that to supporting moms in the prenatal and postpartum period. And as you probably would agree, postpartum isn't those three months you might get now. of leave, right? It's it's forever, <laughs> at least two years, which uh, most yeah. studies of matrescence will, will say that too. Two to 10 years, probably forever. Probably. So, it's like, yeah, it's yeah. so, I mean, there's so many things that you just said that I'm like, ah, yes, like <laughs> that, um, it like, and right now I'm month five. So I'm like kind of coming out of, but also feel like I'm in the thick of it. You know what you said about, it feels like your whole identity is just like blown to smithereens. And then you're left with this blank canvas, which is really exciting, but also really scary and unearthing because you're just like, you don't feel grounded when you're like, but I need to feel grounded because I'm in charge of like taking care of this little human. Um, you know, and it's so fascinating because yeah, we could probably sit here for hours and like talk about what's messed up with the system. But, um, what I found to be like that lack of support, like mental, emotional support and physical, like you go to the doctor and get checked on for all this time. And then you, after you see your doctor once after six weeks, they're like, okay, like you can kind of work out and have sex. And you're like, wait, wait a second. And you fill out a questionnaire that asks you if you're depressed. I'm like, hold the phone and it's like not helpful at all. So it's just like, you're such a blessing to be doing this work because it's so important. And as someone like me, like I do personal development work, like that's what I am. Like I'm a life coach. And I was like, I got this like totally underestimated the even with all the knowledge I had about matrescence and like matrescence is like adolescence, but 10 times more intense that doesn't ever like you're just in it forever. Like you're forever changed. Um, it rocked my world and it's still rocking my world. Like I'm kind of coming out of it, but I definitely still have these moments where I feel like it took all of the beliefs that I used to have all the things that I thought I've worked on, the things that I thought that I've healed. And it's like, just kidding. We didn't, you didn't actually heal it. And it's like shaking it all out. And it's intense. Like it is really intense. And I can understand like, it does feel very isolating at times. So for someone that might be listening to this, that's like, now they're like terrified. Because it's also a very beautiful thing. Like you get to like kind of recreate yourself, even if you don't know what that is. So like, how do you walk new moms through this transition into motherhood? Because it truly is beautiful. I think that like, I'm finding that I'm meeting myself more and more every day and it is a beautiful process, but it is really uncomfortable. And that's just growth for you. Like becoming a mother is like the ultimate personal development path that you could be on. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I like to call it like it's, you're like forced into a personal revolution, Mm -hmm. like just all encompassing transformation. And I think the toughest part about it is like a lot of moms before us, let's say generations ago uh, or generations before us, our own moms, their moms, like we're kind of forced to not talk about it mm-hmm. or like pretend that it wasn't this big thing. That's upheaving oh, everything. You have a beautiful them. baby. Like you right. should just be, be so grateful. happy, be grateful, which is like so toxic. Oh so yeah. Not again, not helpful. It's like so much can be true at the same time. You can have a beautiful baby and be so grateful, but also be in the thick of, like you mentioned, all this stuff that's bubbling up from inside you. That's probably been there a while that you didn't even know needed tending to. And now in the most vulnerable period of your life, when you're sleep deprived, when you're in a body, you don't recognize when your whole world around you has changed and the people around you may or may not understand that or be supportive of it. Like 
it's just all these things at once. And again, we're not educated on what that's going to be like. So um, what you mentioned about even feeling like I got this, like I, yeah, I welcome change. I am strong, all these things that I'm right. Most of us are like, you know, most women I know are driven, intelligent, like we got this, but it's like, we shouldn't have to muscle through and pretend mm-hmm. that we just got this. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, we need more support than is like laid out for us or than is like described, like, like ahead of time, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, we're not set up for success with the messages we receive. So mm-hmm. when I am, you know, meet a pregnant mom and I'm walking her through supporting kind of coaching in the way that you do, like just supporting this person through this transition. And then definitely in the early postpartum when they're just really in it. Um, the basis of what centerline, like our mantra and values are like support without judgment and taking that like blame or shame or disappointment off of the mom and like refocusing, like to the things that we've mentioned, like you are not doing any of this wrong. It's not that you didn't read enough baby books or that you didn't plan for this or that you're not enough. Oh, like so many of us like in, um, what's the word internalize shame around those things because we're not given supportive messages before we could become moms. Mm -hmm. Um, so I feel like my role in running support groups and being a leader in centerline community with other moms, um, and sort of being able to spread messages. Like the, the biggest message I can spread is that like, nothing's wrong with you. You are amazing and equipped and enough like for that baby, for yourself, for the world, but like the world has not set you up for success. That's not your fault, but we can talk about all this stuff you're going through because all of us as other moms are going through it too. Like, let's not pretend like we're just grinning and bearing it and joyful all the time. Mm -hmm. So it's like kind of removing some of these stories that we've always like internalized about what it should be like. Mm -hmm. And instead just talking about how it is and letting that be okay and normalizing making different decisions about all the things that we have to make decisions about in motherhood and um, really womanhood, parenthood. Mm -hmm. Um, And instead of feeling like threatened or pitted against each other, which can also be messages we receive. Like if you make this choice and I make this one, that means we don't agree and we can't be mom friends. It's Mm -hmm. like, no, throw all that out and meet each other where we're at. Yeah. So I, think, uh, I don't know if that answered your question, but I mean, a lot there's there. Just, there's so, I, there's so, so much. And it's beautiful that like you've created a community where it's like support without judgment. Um, because I just think, you know, comparison is just something that humans do naturally. And it's just like what we like, what's how we gauge like where we're at. And it's a really tricky emotion because it's like, if we're comparing ourselves, we also often like feel worse <laughs> about it or we try to like make ourselves feel better by putting someone else down. And it's like, obviously not a healthy place to be, but I feel like it comes up with motherhood a lot. Like I noticed when I was in, I did, I, I joined, um, the happy mom school, you know, every, like the babies are like kind of all around the same age, but like, you know, different. And like the milestones is like, some babies are rolling over sooner and you're like, why isn't my baby rolling over? And you're like looking at like what they're doing different. And it's just a crazy crazy, crazy, um, cycle that it, that it's spiral, I should say. Um, so how do you help moms navigate that? Because I think that's like in in a community setting where it's like, you're there to support each other and have no judgment. But when we naturally like find ourselves comparing, how do you like maneuver that? Because it can be 
and like add another layer to the already challenging task of becoming, you know, a new mom. Oh my gosh. Yes. The comparison game in any season of life is, is a tough one, especially in, again, this, like the most vulnerable time, mm-hmm. uh, that most of us have faced in this early, like when, when you enter into the pregnancy and early postpartum, it's like your most vulnerable state, like physically, emotionally, mentally, um, you end up questioning so much around you. And I think that we end up, we end up something I've discovered is that in like all the questioning I've done of myself, like, Oh, I'm doing it this way and playing the comparison and being like that, that family's doing it this way. What's, you know, am I making the wrong decision? Like there's all that questioning and doubt that comes up. And for me personally, I've like woken up to kind of this idea that I've been conditioned to be more comfortable doubting myself, especially Mm -hmm. in times of vulnerability, like new parenthood, Mm -hmm. I've been conditioned to be more comfortable doubting myself than trusting my own intuition. So then I (laughs) fall victim really easily to, well, she's doing that. I'm not as good as her because, Mm -hmm. you know, all these stories come up, like Mm -hmm. it's all there and it's easy to just fall into that. And then there comes the shame and all the stuff that, like you said, the spiral. Mm -hmm. So yeah, when, and it's kind of inevitable when you get, let's say, 13 moms in an eight week support group series. And we're going to meet every week and discuss what's present both, um, you know, spiritually and mentally, and also the stuff like milestones or sleep training or co-sleeping or formula or all these things where we end up comparing come up. And I just come back to, again, that idea that like, it's that we've been trained to be more comfortable like following someone else's idea of a solution rather than Mm. going with what our gut tells us. And we have guest speakers come in and share like the current research, like child development experts, postpartum doulas, um, mental health therapists come in and share like, here's the actual information. It might not be the stuff that comes up first when you Google sleep training or co-sleeping or maternal mental health. Like, right. We are fed this information over and over and fall fall victim to it, even if it doesn't align with like our own experience. Um, so yeah, just kind of limiting that noise of mm-hmm. all the information you're taking in. Like you don't need to ask 17 moms how their baby is sleeping or like, you know, whatever the question is, like ask people you trust and, and can like narrow down the noise. That's one of our topics that was actually mm-hmm. yesterday in our postpartum support group. That was our topic with one of our guest speakers, like yeah. how to narrow down the noise and tap into that inner knowing. That's yeah. always been there and that is more accessible than ever in postpartum, but it's also scarier than ever because of that vulnerability that's happening. Oh my gosh. Yes. I want to like follow that up with like, what, what were, what are the steps that you talked about? Because I do keep saying that, um, motherhood is like the ultimate level of self-trust. And it's like, there is this inner knowing that the decisions that you make are, the right ones and trusting yourself and having your own back. But it is really interesting. Like, it's not just, I'm not, I'm not just experiencing this, um, as a mom, like a mom, like sometimes the decision I make with motherhood, I'm like, yeah, like I have my own back. It's like everything else that I'm questioning. It's things within my business, things that I'm doing and saying, like, that's, what's been really interesting. I'm like, I feel like, okay, I'm like very, like, I got these decisions down. Like, I feel like I'm making the best decisions for my baby girl. And I feel so good, but it's everything else, which is so interesting. Like the lack of trust that I have outside of being a mom. And that's, what's been very, um, jarring for me is like 
the disconnect with my intuition with outside things other than what's going on inside with my babies. That makes sense. It does. It does. I feel it in my bones. And it's another part that's like, right in, in motherhood, it's not just this dynamic of parents and, you know, mother and partner and baby and like what's happening there. It's like every area of your life in matrescence, Mm -hmm. right? This transformation isn't just you learning how to parent and take care for another person. It's like, so like every area of your life is going to change and shift and come into question. Um, like the values change, the priorities change, Mm -hmm. your perception and existence in the world Mm -hmm. changes. So it's like every, it's, it's like involuntary that your role at work, your role in your family in your friendships, in your own business, like everything has shifted your perspective and lens aren't the same as before all this happened. So yeah, so normal. And I feel that so much to be questioning everything. It's like the foundation that your life was laid on before has yeah, morphed and there might be big, scary, gaping holes in it Mm. (laughs) or big things that have grown that are barriers or in the way or yeah, so much. Yeah. And like, that's, what's so interesting. Cause I feel like I'm outsourcing my, my, like, the the stuff that I have within me and I keep doing it. And it's like very, very interesting. Cause I think it is tied to shame. Like it's a very interesting place, but it's like, I, without this vulnerability and without the transformation, I don't think I'd have been able to unearth it the way. Cause it is like an opportunity to kind of to clear that slate. So what would you say? Have like, how do you help moms navigate that? you know, like trip, trusting their intuition and tapping back into that. Cause it's like, I truly believe that everyone has exactly what they need within them. And then it's funny when like, I'm not doing that myself and I'm like outsourcing it. Yes. Okay. Very, very much relate to not being able to take my own advice, <laughs> like <laughs> follow my own values that I preach. Yeah. yeah like Especially, literally I'm like, what's going on? It's yeah. It reminds me. Yeah. I'll say something about myself or, you know, make whatever it is mm-hmm. a comment or share something. And my husband's like, would you ever say that about a mom in one of your groups? I'm like, Oh my God, no. He's like, do you realize the way that you're treating yourself? Like, right. Mm-hmm. And just, yeah. On that idea of not, not always being able to practice what we preach. Cause it's yeah, not always easy. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, feel that. And yeah, I think one important thing to start with is that like, it's not like baby is born or you're pregnant with baby or whatever defining moment you choose. It's not like it all changes then. And you have, you're tapped into this motherhood energy and intuition. And like, there it is. It's like such a process of practicing, whether that's Mm -hmm. practicing and getting to know your own baby, right? Like feeling comfortable, right? Like I drove home from the hospital or my husband did. I'm in the back seat. Like, I don't know what to do with this thing. Like, (laughs) can't believe they just sent us away, right? Like (laughs) so many of us, yeah, it's like, which is another problem, right? That Uh it's literally like, you're on your own, just scary. But Mm -hmm. I also believe we have everything we need. So it's like, yeah, I don't need you to give me a handbook because like, I'm going to figure this out. But at the same time, I shouldn't have to feel like I'm on my own to figure this out. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so starting with like giving yourself grace and patience, just like you're giving that tiny baby who's on earth for the first time, like they've only, you know, I meet moms like six weeks in who are like, I should be better at this by now. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know if I want to go back to work. I don't know why it doesn't feel the same with my own mom right now. I'm, I don't know why these, you know, people in my life that I love are bothering me or like, right. Everything's foreign. The idea that we need so much more like grit, like the grace period 
is so much we need it to be longer than than it is in our minds or than society like allows us because there's so all these things we mentioned there's so much happening that like it takes time to trust that inner knowing or to like learn how to hear it I think a lot Mm -hmm. of it you don't know like I can't really describe it until you're in it right those feelings of like you're saying with Ellie like I feel really good about these decisions we're making um that takes practice to like get to know that feeling and to be able to tap into it. Mm-hmm. Part of it's natural just with like how amazing our, our bodies and our nervous systems and our psychology is when, mm-hmm. when we give birth, like a lot of that is built into us, which is mm-hmm. so amazing. Um, I feel like there's a lot of outside, you mentioned like outsourcing, like outside sources that we think we need um, that some of which can be really helpful to implement. And some of which we just don't need, but we're like, again, taught to, taught to be more comfortable doubting ourselves and thinking we need, we need the doctor to tell me this is okay. Or we need, I need some other mom friends to be making the same choice before I can make it. It's like Mm -hmm. not just, yeah, not trusting ourselves from the get-go. I think because we've been conditioned not to trust ourselves. Yeah. So it's like an unlearning and a relearning, Mm -hmm. um, this thing, like you said, that's been there always, but, um, yeah, it gets kind of buried by, by messages and experiences in our lives, especially as women, mm. you know, just inherent oppression and devaluing that's happening constantly. Oh okay, Jenny, this is just so good. I just feel like we could talk about this for hours and hours and hours, which is speaks to the centerline community and the group that you've created. You know, what's so interesting is I did the happy mom school and I liked it. Um, I would have done it differently. (laughs) Like that's just how my brain works. But what was interesting was the day that I think the most people got out of it was the day that people were the most vulnerable when we had a maternal mental health expert come in and like, we got to ask all of the questions. And I felt like that was the day where people really felt heard and understood. And it was really powerful because it was for the first time in, I don't know how long it was an eight week thing. Um, the first time in maybe the first like four or five weeks that like, we actually got like real and there's something so powerful about, you know, Brene Brown talks about vulnerability as, as a strength, as a superpower. And I definitely saw that, um, in the group. So, I'm so grateful to have this conversation with you because I really want to normalize that like the experience that we have transitioning into the uh, motherhood while it is magical and I call it euphoria because it truly is euphoric. Like there's no words to describe it and no one can tell you before you experience it. Like it is euphoric and it continues to be euphoric every single day and it's challenging. It's not one or the other. Um, But I think just normalizing this conversation so we don't feel like so terrible that like we're having these negative feelings or we're thinking these thoughts about our experience. So now that you know what you know, because you said you didn't hear about matrescence until six months after you had Bo. So that's really interesting because you didn't understand the transformation that you were going through while you were in it. Um, I did. And it was still rocked my world, shook it upside down. So how are you preparing differently for baby number two? Cause you're due in November. Um, so I'm just curious about like what the prep is, um, this time around. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's, it's, it feels so different. It also feels like the first time I'm doing it somehow. It's like, yeah. And 
yeah, so many feelings there. <laughs> um, and the first thing that's so different is all these moms, you know, being in the center of this community, like all the moms and female energy and just like support without judgment that I'm, that I've surrounded myself with by just being fully immersed within centerline and the moms that I know is like already so different. Um, you know, not even really like a conscious choice, but just something that I like that was created around my own experience. So that part is so different and so amazing to just already have all these moms built like every step of the way. Um, rather than last time it was like I had to dig and claw to find them mm-hmm. um, in that really tough time of early postpartum. So that part is already been amazing. And then I'm definitely this time focusing, like you mentioned, you did when you were preparing for Ellie, like on the postpartum season and like setting up a support system for my healing, um, having conversations with different providers, advocates, whoever in my community that um, can educate me on like what I really want for this next birth, what I want for this next postpartum experience. Um, Just being really intentional about the environment I'm going to be in, the people I'm going to be around, because like I mentioned before, this really raw vulnerability that is unavoidable in this time. Um, I've realized how, how the things that are done and said and the energy that's around a new mom is so important. So to be able to take ownership of that and like be really selective of who's in my space and what kind of support is going to be there, um, what the expectations of people around me will be, um, that I'm really stepping into because that's mm-hmm. what I want for all the moms I work with. Like, yeah. So just really treating that space, um, mm-hmm. with the, like honor and like sacredness that it has. Um, and part of that too, is I speak a lot in our groups um, and just within the community about postpartum being a portal, just like really honoring my body as a portal, as bringing new life to the earth. And then like we mentioned before, all the stuff that can bubble up in early postpartum, like honoring that process and like just leaning into being like a portal between worlds almost mm-hmm. like, like knowing now all the magic and the messiness that mm-hmm. occurs during this time, like, a, like trying really hard not to resist the stuff that's going to come up or the messiness. Cause like you said, the euphoria is there. The magic is there, but so is the messiness. So like just focusing on not pretending like, like it's not hard, like reminding myself because I know, because I tell moms every day, you don't have to pretend that it's not hard. You don't have to, like I said, put on a, a grin and bear it. Um, yeah. So just like allowing myself to really be in it and like enjoy what I can and be honest about what's not enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that you said embracing the the magic and the messiness because that really, and I, I think of like the internal mess and then the external mess of like the house and the dishes and the laundry and like all of the things it's like just embracing that chaos and letting it be what it is. Um, I love that you said that there's so many things that like resonated with me. And I found one of the things that stuck out and I'm so glad that you said like honoring your sacred space. And I, you know, it's going to be such a different experience, just quarantine, not being, you not being quarantined and unsure of what the hell is going on in the world, like how scary that must've been. So that's already going to create a different experience. 
but also it's going to be a different challenge too, because now there's going to be even more people that like want to be around and like, you might not want to invite that into your space. One of the things that I found so interesting was like when people would come over, I'm like, are you here to help me? Or are you just here to hold the baby? Because the, the, the cost of holding baby girl is doing something for us. That might mean doing laundry. That might mean doing dishes. That might mean like what, like dropping off food and maybe not even coming in because we're just not in the space to see people. I think that was like one of the, the important things that I learned because when I felt like I was hosting, I would, I literally had to remove myself because I didn't have the energy to even like voice that I was not okay with that. So having like you learn those boundaries so quick or you learn about lack of boundaries really, really, really quick. So I love that you mentioned like, that's how you're setting yourself up because it is so sacred and like you are so open and vulnerable and the energies that you invite into your space can infiltrate without you even realizing it. And it can be super detrimental to obviously the mother, but also like the baby because baby is a vibe machine. Like baby vibes off of whatever mom is vibing on. And that is what I found so important. Like if I felt frustrated, it would reflect in how Ellie was. And I could just see it. I could see her being frustrated. Like if I'm trying to breastfeed her, which is honestly the most confusing thing ever as a new mom and I'm frustrated and she's frustrated. And I'm like, oh my God, we're both frustrated. I'm like, okay, we're going to pause and we're going to take a deep breath. We're going to just reset because this is not working. So it's like those energies are just incredibly important to pay attention to. So how do you navigate that with moms? Like I probably, I'm sure in your mom groups, you talk about boundaries a lot with like well-intended relatives, friends, family, like all of the stuff. So I think that's a really big part of matrescence because on the outside to someone that you know, you might look the exact same to them. And they don't realize that the inside of you, your guts, literally, everything is different. So how do you navigate that with new moms in your group and yourself? Yeah, we talk a lot about kind of going back to like the societal and systemic issues that exist around this lack of support for moms, like taking some of that, again, like blame and shame off of, you know, ourselves, even the people around us. And we talk about like how none of us, including those, you know, not just us as moms, but those in our lives are educated on what this experience is really like. So like you said, they don't know all that's going on inside, literally with your organs and the blood and all the stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Like Um, there's a big gaping wound from where the placenta like exited your body and you're just like, hi, there's a huge wound and we don't even see it. Exactly. Exactly. And most of us don't even learn that until sometimes after it's happened, it's like, Mm -hmm. Oh wait, why can't I work out? Oh, that's why. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, the education and, and just the foundation to, for support and value of moms isn't there in society and and it's not inherent. Um, So, so thinking of like, we talk about that a lot in our groups to, you know, because there's so much disappointment and feelings that come up around, you know, my parents didn't show up for me the way that I thought they would, or my mother-in-law's driving me crazy, or my best friend just doesn't get it. And it's like, 
that that disappointment is real and because again we're in such a raw state it's like we need a special kind of support so i'm so glad to be doing it the second time and being able to be intentional about that but as new moms we don't know any of that because it's not talked about and we're not educated on it neither are the people don't around know until us. You, yeah you like don't know until you're in it yeah so we talk a lot about how those feelings are coming up and how those people don't know how to act and it's like, it's almost like all these boundaries we've been avoiding setting our whole lives rear their ugly head in, again, this, this moment where we're four weeks into being a mom and we're still bleeding and we're constipated and we're sleep deprived. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I don't need you to hold my baby. I want to hold the baby. Right. I'm like, I'm, I want to hold the baby. And you're biologically designed to be the one holding the baby. They need to be, um, you know, for anyone listening, who's not a mom yet, or who's going to visit their best friend, like, Yeah leave a hot latte and a donut on the doorstep and get out of there. Let's talk about that. Actually, let's, I think this is really important because I think back to like people in my life that became moms. I even apologize to my sister because when she had rain, I was in my early twenties. I was such a shitty sister. Like I will be the first to say that. And I apologize to her after I had Ellie. I'm like, I owe you an apology. I was not a good sister after you had rain. Like, I just had no idea. I had no idea what you were experiencing. Um, so I do want to talk about that because I don't think like, I didn't understand how I could help someone until after having Ellie girl, like now I, cause no one, no one ever opens up about it too, of like truly how hard it is. So what are some ways that if you have a friend or a family member and you you don't have children yet and you don't really understand like what this transition is like, what are some ways that you can support the, the, the new mom um, and the dad too, but like specifically the new mom? Because if you help the new mom, you're helping the dad. Absolutely. Um, oh my gosh. I feel like the first thing that comes up is um, the this picture of like all the hype that hey Ellie girl. It's very <laughs> fitting Ellie that Ellie's Ellie. It's very fitting that Ellie is a part of this interview. Yeah, she's like she's part of it. And like you said, she vibes on what you're vibing on. That uh-huh. nervous systems, especially in the beginning and even now, are connected. Yes, that so, co-regulation is yeah. everything. So her wellness is is dependent on on mom feeling good. And like you said, having mm-hmm. people there that are gonna stress you out more than right. Your body's already in a state of stress by learning to breastfeed, not having sleep, having, you know, bodily functions are difficult. Eating is difficult. All of it is there's a lot happening. So yeah, for people that don't know how to support or that want to do it the right way, I feel like the first thing I think of is how there's all this hype in the beginning. You have all these people checking in. It's almost overwhelming (laughs) all the meals. You have more food than you can even eat. It's Uh like, um, but then that slows down. And then I know for me, the people who kept showing up, the people who kept leaving, like I said, lattes on the doorstep, that for us was, we were like, you know who your real friends are when you see who continues to leave, you know, a a latte and a donut after a hard night and it's there with no questions asked and, and you don't have to say hi to them. And there it is. It's like, that's how to support a new mom or dad. Um, And And a lot of times when you ask like, oh, how can I help? I really want to be supportive. And mom doesn't know what to say because we're conditioned to not ask for help. And and we think we should be able to do it all ourselves. So it's really hard for a lot of us to say, I would really like you to come over and do this load of dishes I've been staring at for three days Mm -hmm. because I can't get off the couch. And my husband is back and forth getting me fresh burp cloths and helping me change my diaper 
<laughs> and the baby's diaper. My own diaper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You didn't mishear that. My diaper and the baby's yes. diaper. Did you match your baby for yeah. the first, you know, six Mom weeks? Mom and me. Yeah. <laughs> Matching and, diapers. <laughs> yeah. And so if they don't know how to answer that, that's when just like the silent acts of kindness, leaving food, flowers, a coffee, um, and continuing to show up even when they continue not to know how to ask for help. Um, I think that a lot of moms learn to say like, yes, I do need, and here's what I need, Mm -hmm. but they learn and are ready to say that when all the help kind of dissolves because they don't, you know, babies maybe three months old and they feel like you've got a routine because that really cute photo on Instagram or that photo to the family Mm -hmm. chat, you guys look awesome. But that was maybe one moment in a few days of pure hell (laughs) or, you know, just the shit show that it can be. And people get the wrong impression again, because we're taught to put on a brave face. So for people that want to support just continuing after all the hype and, um, you know, being relentless in the way of like, I'm going to keep asking, even if you keep, um, you know, saying you don't need anything in a gentle way, like, Hey, I'm still here. Um, as mom kind of learns how to ask for what she needs, because again, it's all, it's brand new. You're home with this baby. You're like, I don't know what we need. I don't know what day it is. Like, but to have people you know are there and then when you do need them, there they are. Like that's how you be a support to a new mom. Yes. And I think that's such a beautiful point um, because women, we have a hard time asking for help. This is not just becoming a mom. Like we're like, I got this. I'm going to figure it out. Um, and so when you're saying, well, let me know if you need anything. And it's like, I can't even tell you all the things that I need. I don't even know where to start. So just by being able to just take initiative or do something like just really simple makes a huge difference. And like, I think that now understanding that it's just, I I think about new moms in such a different way after going through my own experience and, and having those disappointments or feeling, you know, like let down or um, the expectations, how I thought things would be and how they're different, you know, um, that really does put it in perspective. And I think the biggest thing that I learned is, you know, you can't expect people to know unless you say something like they can't read your mind and you can make, if, if someone's asking, like, it's okay to ask and to, to make a request. Um, no one can, and that goes for your partner too. I remember like this one day I had, I, I don't know. I mean, I was probably like, week one. And I was so frustrated because of everything. Like I was just like, what just happened? I mean, euphoric and frustrated. And I remember Brian like went for a run and was like going to get um, a burger and a beer with a friend after. And I like, I was livid. I was so upset and so resentful and had nothing to do with him. I was like, I would love to go for a run, but I can't go for a run. And like went down this whole resentful spiral and Brian came home and he was like, what's going on? Cause he could just see it on my face, like probably steam coming out of my eyeballs, like just so, um, about to explode. And I'm pretty sure I Googled like how to not hate your husband after having a baby. And there was a lot of I think there's a, a lot of a lot of information. I was like, you stop Googling shit. I told him that by the way. Um and he was like, he's like, I get it. He's like, you just have to tell me what you need. He's like, you're right. Like I like 
I can understand how, how frustrating that is. Like you want to move your body and you can't, and you're like laying on the couch and all of this. And it was just being able to like tell him that and him to be able to receive it. And ever since that conversation, he's always asking me like, what do you need? How can I help you? And I, if, if I didn't, and I just expected him to know and like to understand that without having the conversation, it would be a totally different place. But because we had the conversation and we put it out there, that laid the foundation for every day since like he knows like, Hey, what do you need? You need to tell me what you need. I can't read your mind. And that like changed everything. Like I didn't feel that resentment after because I was able to process it and understand like I'm creating this has nothing to do with you. And let me tell you like what I need. Yeah. That open communication is huge, Mm -hmm. especially obviously with your partner who's in it with you day in and day out, but doesn't quite understand because even if they tried the best they could, like they are not the one birthing a baby. So that, yeah, it's like that compassion and empathy can be there, but that full understanding of exactly what you're going through isn't so that, yeah, like you're describing that need to speak up is so, so important. And I tell a lot of couples in like the pregnancy to start or like moms, you know, as stuff starts coming up, whether it's like fear around birth or expectations for what do you picture for postpartum? A lot of that isn't discussed, especially the postpartum part and expectations are there and then they're not met because it hasn't been discussed been discussed <laughs> and then it's yeah all hell breaks loose all hell breaks loose it's yeah. like probably the best thing i learned like you have to talk about what the expectations are you can't control another person right i can't like tell brian what to do like he's gonna go for a run i'm not gonna be like no you can't go for a run i need you to sit on the couch and be uncomfortable as uncomfortable as i am because i'm waddling around everywhere in a diaper um No, it's like, you can't control someone, but like, you can let them know like what you, what your request is. And like, that has been so uncomfortable, but also like so necessary. And I feel like it's opened up that channel with like a lot of different things in my life. That's why, you know, coming back to like this word matrescence, it really is such an awesome, beautiful invitation to like step into the next version of yourself. I mean, it's going to happen one way or another. Absolutely. you might as well embrace it no matter how uncomfortable it is. Yeah. And I think with that discomfort is again, that just unavoidable vulnerability, like even with speaking your needs or feeling all this stuff that Mm -hmm. I like to think that, you know, and why this work feels so important is that like how we treat moms in early postpartum can have an effect on, you know, the world as they exist in it moving forward, how that child's going to exist in the world. And even, you know, healing generational trauma from from moms before us who were proud for years, obviously forever when women have been mistreated and undervalued. And I think there's an opportunity in postpartum for us to change the conversation and change these cycles that are, that don't need to be here anymore, right? Like all this, it's like so much of the last few years with COVID and the world and all the things are like this awakening. And I feel like it's so timely with, for me, my own experience of motherhood, feeling like I'm constantly having a new awakening about my existence in the world and, and the world and how, how women are like treated. And like I said, not valued. And there's so much more there, right? We could talk so much about the system, but it's just has, that's been the toughest part of motherhood for me is, is that, awakening to these realities. And while that feels like, you know, I want to save the world and make it better for women and our daughters and our children, 
that feels so big and almost hopeless sometimes. Right. It's like, okay, if we start by changing the way that we support new moms, like that's how we can change the world. Um, so yeah. surrounding myself with people with kind of that same vision and like moms who, you know, I can feel like I can step in even the tiniest bit and feed that message to be part of their story and change the course of their, you know, family and the, and the trajectory of the world. It just feels, it feels so powerful. Um, and that's, I said a lot of big things right there, but it's just, I, been, I mean, yeah. I'm over here like, yes, amen. Yeah. That is true. Like how the mother feels impacts the baby and then like how the baby like grows and evolves into an adult or a human. Like it all comes back to the mother. Um, one of the, yeah, you agree. You just hear it go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 You're a mini Buddha over there. Yes. You have all the wisdom of the universe. she's like, yeah, this, these are facts, but I, I couldn't agree more. I think that we can take care of the maternal mental health and that like gets to the root of so many other problems. You know, it's not about things being perfect because like, what does that even mean? But we can definitely be on the side of progress. And I think having these conversations and normalizing that it's a really crazy wild ride and it's amazing, but also really hard and honoring that ugly. So you can see the light is, is everything. And, you know, you kept saying the word awakening. And I think when people hear awakening, they think it's this like, light like ah like moment and it's like the complete opposite you feel like you are I mean I'm at the ocean right now and you live in Santa Barbara so you could probably relate to this but you know like when a wave comes crashing down and then the current like pulls you back out and then it like does it again that's what an awakening feels like it's like you clear and just like pat like you're just getting pounded by the waves the shore over and over again that's what it's like it's like, yeah, the most jarring experience and raw. Yeah. Jarring, raw, but like, just like open, like you're like, ah. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Hit all at once with just a lot, which is, yeah, really is new motherhood. Yeah. The euphoria and the mess and the magic. The mess and the magic. That is exactly what it's about. And I love that you said that. And that's, I'm going to carry that piece of our conversation with me because every moment there's a new like opportunity to see the magic and then also see the mess and the magic. I mean, I definitely had a day like that today before we recorded the podcast. It just woke up. It would, there was just, it was a mess. Like I just felt my emotions felt all over the place. Like my brain, my thoughts, just everything. And it translated to, to how Ellie was feeling today. I could see it. Like she was frustrated um, and like, didn't want to breastfeed. And that was fr- like, it was, this is all like happening earlier today. And I just like paused and we were just staring at each other into each other's eyes. And I was like, this is, this is what it's about. Like, it's not about it being perfect and amazing all of the time. It's about like honoring these hard moments together and like working through them together and then seeing the magic on the other side. And I think that that's just like, what is so beautiful about this whole experience and just like, in general. So thank you, Jenny, for having this conversation with me. It was so fun talking about 
matrescence and all things motherhood. Um, you're such a light and such a leader in um, in this work. And it's just awesome to see you blossom and grow into it. I remember when we had a conversation, you were still working as a counselor at the school and we just had a conversation. You were telling me your ideas and I was like, you have to do this. Like you have like, like if not you, who is going to do this? You And it's just so awesome to see how it's like blossomed and, and grown and it will continue to because there's, there's a lot of babies being born. There's a lot of, a lot of babies being born, but like really what's happening are like mothers are being born. Like we are being born. And that's, what's so beautiful about this process. Yeah. Born and reborn all the time. Yeah. It's like the ultimate ego death and then rebirth. (laughs) I'm like, who, like the amount of times that I've asked myself, who am I a lot, (laughs) at least once a day. (laughs) It's yeah. It's, (laughs) It's so many things. And I'm so glad to be here. Yeah. Long time coming for us to talk about all of yeah. this, which feels like it all just, yeah, manifested in the best conversation. Yes. And I forgot about us talking before, mm-hmm. yeah, really launching Centerline, uh, making it yeah. what it is. Yeah. Which is so, yeah. It's amazing. so cool. Um, or okay, Ellie. So and- I know before Ellie, and then you have a little baby number two on the way. When's your next group? Tell me all of the things. If maybe if someone's listening, that's, um, about to have a baby or has a friend that's about to have a baby, where can they find you? Yes. Okay. So you can find us on Instagram at centerline community um, or centerlinecommunity.com. And our main presence is in Santa Barbara, but the zoom groups I run, we have moms from all over. We've had Albuquerque, Philadelphia, Seattle, anywhere. Um, and the dream is to create centerline chapters like the presence we have in Santa Barbara. We have a weekly meetup schedule, live events, um, mom's night out at the beach, all these beautiful things. Um, the dream will be to recreate that in other places. So look out for centerline Phoenix. Oh, yeah. I'll be flagship. You let me know. Yes. You and Martha and Lauren, you got yes. it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, our next, so I run eight week, um, support groups for postpartum moms. So that's zero to four months. Um, and then a toddler mom group for anyone one to three years postpartum. You don't have to be a first time mom, um, any season of your motherhood journey. And um, those are weekly for eight weeks on Zoom. We have guest speakers come join and I facilitate mindfulness-based, just like open sharing um, space for us to come together and talk about a lot of the stuff that we talked about here and normalize the experience and in an intimate space with 10 to 15 other moms. Um, and yeah, we're, we're growing also into a membership platform where moms will be able to pay a membership fee and join our community and receive all sorts of benefits like access to support groups. And we have a really big WhatsApp, uh, uh, community with all different conversations, you know, so that whether you need assistance, um, finding a therapist, or you have questions about breastfeeding, like, we got all the combos going on. So we're, we're here to take over the world by, or really to change the world and better it by supporting as many moms as we can. Right. That is what it's all about. And like, to your point earlier, it's like, it seems like a big daunting task to change the world. So it's like, that's why we have to start with ourselves. Yes. So beautiful. Well, okay. So my last question for you is like, what brings you joy? Like what lights you up in life right now? Oh, Right now, uh, right now, my toddler, Bowen, he's mm-hmm. in a really big hugging phase and he just learned how to say, I love you, mama. 
Oh, so just being, being with him and like those, you know, people ask all the time, like, how do we, how, you know, people say, remember these, cherish these moments, remember these moments, because it'll go by so fast, which is, again, not always helpful, because it's like, when it's so messy, how am I supposed to, how am I supposed to cherish these moments? But when I hear him say, I love you, or when he runs toward me, ready for a big hug, it's like, you can, you, there's no other choice but to be fully present and feel that joy. It feels like, you know, all the mindfulness and, and practice and like, um, mental health experience, whatever it is that led me up till now, it's like, it just feels like in those moments, like, this is it. Like you have arrived. There's no, like, there's no striving for whatever goals you have in your life. It's like, this is the stuff. Yes. Um, so that feels really cool to be like in, you know, of course it'll all have highs and lows, but like, yeah, I see you smiling at Ellie being like, yeah, this is the stuff. This is the stuff. Which is tough because sometimes you're like, really, this is it for me? Like spit up in my hair and there's poop everywhere. And like, is this my life now? And then in the same day, you're like, oh my God, this is my life now. How did I get this lucky? It's like, yeah, totally. Yeah, so just trying to just be in it and yeah, take every single one of those little toddler hugs. Yes. I know. Cause I mean, it is like time is already so crazy. Everything goes by so fast. And then with the child or baby it like it goes into lights light speed it is so wild so yeah those are the moments that I can imagine like I've experienced those daily it's like in the same breath you're like this I have spit up in my hair and and then also you get that smile and you're like this is it this is all I yeah and I'll just add for the sake of not pretending, right, that I love being with my toddler all the time or that I even love being pregnant all the time. Like, obviously, don't. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. But so, like, in the same sense, I get so much joy from going to the beach alone, mm-hmm. swimming in the cold ocean, like, even yeah. when it's it's the best when it's colder, like, cold day, yeah. cloudy day, like, jumping in the ocean, being alone, and just, like, looking up at the sky and not, and not hearing my toddler squeal or, like, being you know, that person is being touched and hugged and yeah. like, right. Both of those things right now give me the most joy and being totally far away so from exists, him. Right. Yeah. Like that's the thing. I think we get so in this binary black or white has to be one way or the other, but it does coexist. It's like, yeah. you can find joy in both and like, there's no right or wrong way. Oh, so beautiful. Well, thank you again, Jenny. This is so awesome. And I'm looking forward to continuing to watch centerline grow and see how you support mamas and just see what's next. Thank you for having me. Oh my goodness. I just adore Jenny. I could have had that conversation for hours. It is so important that we have this conversation and we continue to normalize these types of topics. So all the new mamas and the people who support new mamas understand what the heck is going on. It's such an incredible journey and I'm in the thick of it still. And it's been so helpful to have these conversations. So I don't feel like I'm totally crazy. Some days I'm like, I totally got this. I know who I am. I know what I'm doing. And then other days I am like a total mess trying to figure it out. And that's just all a part of the journey. And I know that these types of conversations and communities make the biggest difference. So I hope that you enjoyed this. Um, if you did, let me know, post it on the gram, share with a friend. Maybe you have a friend that's expecting, maybe you just had a baby. Maybe you had a baby a while ago and wished that this 
conversation existed then. Whatever it is, I hope that this resonated with you. And if it did, send to someone else. I guarantee that if it helped you, it will most likely help them too. All right, my friend, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. I appreciate you so much. Until next time, remember to love yourself, own your happiness, and let your light shine. You are so worthy of it, my friend.